this morning, even while we have the mass exodus. Those aren't all people leaving the church. <laughs> Someone just said, not yet. <laughs> we are the only church in America that would respond to the pastor that way. Really, not yet. <laughs> Those of you that are new, this is different. Be ready, this is the Bible. I know in most, most churches, you're not going to hear the Bible. You're going to hear it today, so be ready. You're going to be judged by it anyway. You might as well hear it now because you're going to be judged by it anyway. Understand that. Just because we don't believe it doesn't mean you're going to escape it. You're going to be judged by it anyway. Whatever the Bible says is true is true. Whatever the Bible says is lies is lies. That's the way that it is. So you might as well just embrace it now. All right, the process to the instant. That's what we're about. This is what this message is about. That's what we are about, is the process to the instant. How many of you are tired of waiting? Don't you want things to happen now? Well, the Bible says today is the day of, uh, the day is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. I reversed it in order, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. But now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. How many of you are tired of waiting? All right, well, you're going to have to go through the process then. Where's the amens? Everybody was really excited about not waiting. Oh, glory! From last week, Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. I didn't give you guys any of these. The pressure's off. I yelled at them last week. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. When? Immediately. Immediately. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 13. His servant was healed that same hour. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 41. I'm extracting this verse out of there. It's ex uh, the exact verse is 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He is the God of the instant, but we don't start off with his mind. We're given the mind of Christ, but then we have to be renewed into knowing that we have it. You need to understand something. There's not a soul in this room that hasn't been brainwashed by the world. So you have to be deprogrammed. You already have the mind of Christ. You actually have it. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 16. You have the mind of Christ. You have it. But you have to be deprogrammed to operate in it. That's why you might be wondering, why don't I receive immediately? Because you're, you're programmed to call 911 to save you. You know, you know what you do in Bangladesh when your leg gets cut off? There ain't nobody to call. You bandage it. All you have is God. In America, you have fallback positions. And you've seen how reliable those people are. They're of the spirit of the world. Doesn't mean that everybody's evil. Doesn't mean that all medicine is evil or any of those things. If you blow out your ACL, that orthopedic surgeon's a pretty good guy. But we have, we have a plan B. In many parts of the world, there ain't no plan B. 
And if it would have gone the way that they wanted it to over the last 45 months or 15 days to flatten the curve, you would have no plan B either unless you had a vaccine passport, which eventually would be a mark, a quantum dot tattoo on your forehead or on your hand. Oh, there's Tom talking politics. It's not politics when it's the book of Revelation. So not only is it God's best for you to operate in the instant, it is God's requirement that you operate in the instant. And it's also the way that we actually save souls, the way that we attract people to the kingdom and for people that are coming in your life. And maybe for you too, if you are not binding and loosing as you should, you're gonna need the instant. We have to get in that process though, because unless you are already operating in the instant, when you lay hands, it's done. Now, unless that's happening, you haven't gone through the process. Tom, I'm 78, it's too late. Never too late. God, God, is, God is, is, is speeding up time right now. You ever notice how fast these days are going by? I'm telling you, he's speeding up, up time to the, to the return of the Lord. I'm telling you. See, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of things that still happen, have to happen in the book of Revelation before Jesus comes back. Plenty of things. A lot of you think, and he come back any second. No, you don't read the Bible. Stop reading books about the Bible and actually read the Bible because people who are selling books about the Bible are trying to make money off of you. Read the Bible itself. You are perfectly capable. And if you're a Christian, Jesus is the word, so you're reading Jesus. Don't you think that as a Christian, you should possibly read Jesus? But you have to get into the process. We have to get into the process to get to where we operate in the instant. I will not rest until I'm there. I will not rest until, there is not a day, there's not one, look at me now, there's not one day that I don't pray. Not one. That I don't spend, that I don't spend copious amounts of time in prayer. There's not a day that I'm not speaking in tongues. If you let days and weeks go by, you're being reprogrammed. You either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. Today, right now, what is the day today? December 10th, 10th? You'll decide what December 10th is for you, growth or loss. Right now, right at this very moment, you're in the right place at the right time. You might be thinking, I'm never coming to the back to this church again. Well, you know what, even if you don't, you, you have actually hit the lottery by being in here today. You've hit the lottery, because somebody's finally gonna tell you the truth. Instead of making excuses, instead of losing, and, and justifying losing, you're gonna learn how to win. Now, whether you accept it or not is up to you but you're gonna learn it. But we have to get in the process to get to the instant, so the instant is no longer a process. Things that are supposed to be instant will no longer be a process. I've been waiting, I've been waiting. It's not really the will of God. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting because it's not the witness of Jesus. When did Jesus go, you know, and I'm, the longest Jesus ever waited, so to speak, the only time was the fig tree, and it was the next day that it was dead. When they walked by, it may have been dead an hour from then, but they came by and discovered the next day the fig tree was dead. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. 
Matthew 21, 21, and 22. Now we yes that, and we amen that, and I want you to, and a lot of you hold back now because I make fun of you after you do it, or I ridicule you after you do it, because all a lot of us have done for decades is amen verses we never enact. We just, we just amen them. Glory, amen, hallelujah. But nothing ever happens. You're like, Tom, I'm tired of hearing this from you. Okay, when you change, God will tell me to stop preaching it. This is what I told, I've told you this a million times. I don't go to sermons online for my messages. This is all comes from me and the Holy Ghost. That's it. I just pray over it, and God gives it to me. So God is giving me the message for us. It's not what's popular. It's, it's, I mean, it could be popular. I don't know if it's popular or not. I'm saying I don't choose it because it's popular. I'm not trying to tickle, tickle hearts, tickle minds, whatever it may be. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm praying over these verses. I'm praying over these messages, and God gives me the message for you and for me. And really, does, isn't it all true anyway? Are we operating in the instant? Is the reflection of the word the instant? Yes, so that's where we need to be. So the instant is no longer a process. So the instant is no longer, here's the list, rejected. The instant's rejected in the body of Christ. It's rejected. People say that those were the cessationalism, those were works of the apostles in the book of Acts. Where's that, where's that word, cessationalism, in the Bible? Why was that? And you need to realize something, and I'll get to this in a minute. But if you cast off one part of the Bible, one part of it, then I believe this is reflected in James chapter 2, verse 10. If you cast off one part of the Bible, you're leavening the whole lump. So if you cast off the miraculous in the instant, you are setting yourself up to go straight to hell. It's true. I'm not saying you are going. I'm saying you're setting yourself up to go. You're making yourself vulnerable. And I'll get to that in a minute. If I stop, if I preach on this right now, that'll be the end of the whole message. So the instant, we need to get in the process so the instant is no longer to us rejected, dismissed, said to not be for today, made excuses about when it doesn't happen. Well, whenever somebody starts off a sentence with W-E-L-L, that's probably coming from H-E-L-L. <laughs> well, you just never know. Weak sauce Christianity because they don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I failed. Yep. Come on. I failed. That's what I do. If I fail, I just say I failed. What's wrong with that? There's lots of things wrong with failing, but there's certainly nothing wrong with acknowledging the truth that you did. Amen. I failed. I've come back here to this pulpit before after being gone for two weeks because I was sick. I was nauseated for 17 straight days. Allegedly, it may have been, I don't know, it could have been COVID. I have no idea. And for me, those are the only two Sundays I've ever missed for sickness in this church, ever, in 20 years. And I came back and people were probably like, yeah, I know. I didn't look or anything, but I guarantee you there was eyes. Just <laughs> looking at me like, this is gonna humble them. 
You know, he's not going to preach that. He's not going to preach that bold, that bold way anymore, binding and loosing, and God wants you well. God wants you wealthy. He's not going to do that anymore. I came back and said, you know what? I got sick because of my own unbelief. That's what the Bible says. You're going to be judged by it anyway. You guys, you, th- you guys actually think that's antithetical to Christianity, what I just said. Many of you probably think that. That that's antithetical to Christianity because it's not loving. The word of God is love. It's love. God is love, 1 John 4, 16. Jesus is God. Jesus is the word, so the word is love. And if, there, if you ask anything in his name and it doesn't happen, it's either because you prayed something that is so stupid God can't answer it, or it's your unbelief. And if it's stupid, it's unbelief anyway. So let me, let's, let's cross this bridge. Let's cross this bridge. What is the kingdom of God and what is eternal life? Let's cross this bridge. The first thing you have to realize is what is eternal life and what is the kingdom of God? Because it's, you've, been, you've been programmed the wrong way. If you haven't attended this church since you were three, you've been programmed the wrong way. Or, the, or Pastor Rodney's church or Jonathan's church. I always like to make sure that I acknowledge the best churches in the world. But I'm just telling you, you've been, how do you know this, Tom? Because listen, I don't, I don't stalk on Facebook anymore. He used to be a Facebook stalker, checking out other ministries. How big's their crowd, you know? People that have left this church, how are they doing to that church now? And whatever. And I, don't, I don't do that anymore, but I do listen to messages. And I can tell you flat out, nobody addresses this. For most people in this room, when I say eternal life, be honest with yourself, you're thinking heaven. Is that the case? What is eternal life? Most think that it's heaven, but is it? John chapter 17, verse three says this. Now this is eternal life. Could anything be more clear? This vaccination is safe and effective. They're not clear. This vaccination will stop transmission and infection. Excuse me, sir, was that ever even tested to see if it stops transmission and infection? No. Okay, then why are people losing their jobs for not getting it then? They're liars. But let God be true and every man a liar. Now this is eternal life. This is it. That they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life. You're already living eternal life. Stop waiting. He's a God of the instant. Stop waiting. Someday I'll be happy. Stop preaching to people that they'll be happy when they're dead. That's not the gospel of Jesus. When we all get to heaven. I want to open fire. It's not accurate. What a day of rejoicing that will be. What are you going to have in heaven? I mean, have you ever looked at how Jesus told you to pray? On earth as it is in heaven? For those of you, I hate to disappoint you, but... Go ahead and like tap on your body somewhere. That's your body for forever. 
No amens there. <laughs> this is it. It gets glorified. It gets made flawless, but this is it. So I can't wait to leave earth. You're coming back anyway for a thousand year reign. I hope they put you all back in Northport. I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to buy my cabin somewhere, okay? I hope God plants you right back where you didn't want to be. Stop believing and stop preaching that the answer is heaven when the Holy Ghost is in the room. Think about how dishonoring it is to God to think, you know what, I've given you everything, but I can't wait to get to you. I'm here. Think about, if you, think about the illogical. I, mean, I wish people would look at things logically. And think about how silly it is to say to God, I can't wait to be with you. Um, I'm in you. How much more can you be with me than me being in you? Can't wait to be, I mean, and we'll get to this in a minute, but it's like the apostles saying, show us the Father. Jesus just said, I am the Father. Show us the Father. We can be so dumb. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's John 17, three. I didn't give these guys any of these verses. I just write down what pops into my beautiful mind. And where is the kingdom of heaven? Where is it? Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at? Just can't wait to get to heaven. It's like sitting in McDonald's saying, I can't wait to get to McDonald's. You're in McDonald's. But that's how we've been programmed. We get programmed by the world and we get programmed by religion. Stop being programmed by anything but the word and the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost won't tell you anything that contradicts the word. Jesus instantly raised the dead. Jesus instantly won the lost. Now ask yourself this question as a believer. When was the last time I led somebody to the Lord? I'm not a pastor. Who told you that? First of all, how do you know that? Most Christians never ask God what they're called to be. They just attend what they're called to be. They never ask God. You ever ask him, Lord, what what have you called me to be? Well, I asked one time 17 years ago. Have you ever heard of the word seek? What happens when you seek? You will find. What happens if you don't seek? You ain't gonna find. But I asked one time, that doesn't count. Seek, fast, pray. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues. Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude, verse 20. I don't really believe in that speaking in tongues thing. Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost? How are you gonna build yourself up in your most holy faith without praying in the Holy Ghost when the word of God says you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost? That's why everybody is, that's why everybody, and I don't mean us, I don't mean this church, I I mean the, the body of Christ globally is so weak. Is you just discard vast swaths of the word of God. 
Not interested. Jesus instantly fed the hungry. 5,000 of them, instantly. You notice how there's never any religious ceremonies with Jesus? Never noticed that? Why have we put them in? Because if you lack power, you've got to have religion. If you lack power, you've got to have music, you've got to have fog machines, you've got to have giveaways, you've got to have fabulous singers, because you have no power. I can flat out tell you right now that if we operated as we should, we could cancel the whole band. We could not have air conditioning. And, and we would not be able to contain, this building would be way too small. It's absolutely true. Because that's how it was with Jesus. And that's how it was with the apostles when they added 5,000 a day to the church. Why were they adding 5,000 a day? Because they were operating in the, we'll see, we'll see if it happens later. They're operating in postponement. They're operating in the instant. So people are attracted. We don't do that. So we got to put out squiggly flags on the road. <laughs> Hyper Grace Fellowship. Hyper Grace Fellowship. Hyper Grace Fellowship. Jet Ski Giveaway Sunday. Everybody's there. All the Easter egg hunting moms and everybody else. It floats from church to church. And all the pastors get excited. Oh my gosh. You know, normally we have 174 people attend the church. And we did, you know, we did the Easter egg hunt, and there was 1,200 people here. Everything has changed. And I just want to go up and tell them, no, it hasn't changed. Start your count next Sunday. But if you have power, they'll come every Sunday. You're like, Tom, have you arrived? Nope. Nope. I don't preach messages as if I've arrived. I will tell you what I do and what I don't do and how I've failed and how I've succeeded, but I have not arrived. But I know that when I pray over something and it doesn't occur right now as I've prayed or as I've prayed, if I pray for it for a week, then I expect it that day, seven days from now. If I pray for it right now, I expect it now. And if it doesn't happen, it's either me or the person I'm praying for. It's their fault or it's my fault or it's our fault. That's the Bible. Why could we not cast it out, Jesus was asked. After the event, said Matthew chapter 17. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Remember, remember the precursors to it. You unbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Notice it said, cured, not delivered. He was full of a demon that gave him epilepsy. A demon was doing it. And a lot of us glorify in sickness, illness, and disease. I'm not saying that all sickness, illness, and disease are demons, but some of them are. And the, 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 the disciples failed as the father said, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus says, bring him to me. He rebukes the demon, comes out of him. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast him out? Cast it out. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Assuredly, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. 
He didn't, where, where was the kumbaya session? Where was the counseling? Where was the circle of Christians? Everybody always does that. Everything circles. So I'll make a circle, join hands. We're going to pray and nothing's going to happen, but we're going to all feel better. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. No, thank you. That's always the answer, by the way. Whether it's Mark chapter 9, whether it's Matthew chapter 17, 17 through 21 is what I just read to you, or what I just said to you. Whether it's Mark 4, 37 through 41, it's unbelief. You're like, well, I do believe. Yeah, just like the father of the epileptic boy. He said, I believe. But what was his following sentence? But help my unbelief. None of us ever pray that. I do. Every day. Every day. I pray, Lord, dispel as much unbelief out of me as you possibly can. And renew my mind as far as you can take it. When Hope and I were coming home from our weekend vacay, I told her, we were talking about what we prayed, and I gave her my list of prayers. I don't think I've ever told her what my list of prayers were. I think she was kind of sitting there like, because I can, I pray it every day. It isn't religious either. I pray it. There's little offshoots, little tributaries, whatever else, but I pray these prayers every day. You're prayed over by me every week. You're prayed over. It's probably why you're here. I pray, Lord, make it like impossible for them to resist coming. <laughs> he instantly gave sight to the blind, instantly healed the condition of blood, instantly drove out demons, instantly filled a boat with fish, and he walked on water. Well, what's our command with that? Well, Tom. That was Jesus. In God's eyes, I'm not speaking blasphemy here, in God's eyes, you are the same. You're a joint heir. You're not God, but in God's eyes, you are the same. You have the same power. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. Now, you and I would have been strung up on crosses for saying that during Jesus' time. You weren't allowed to say you were the son of God. You were a daughter of God. We weren't allowed to say that, but that's what you are when you're Romans chapter 8, 16 and 17, joint heir with Jesus. That's what you are. It doesn't make you Jesus. You've been given all of his rights. You're like the kid of a rich guy. All his stuff is yours. All of his power are yours. So he did all of these things instantly. So we should never be satisfied until we are and we should never be making excuses when we don't. Just fall back to the word of God. People still come up to me at the door. My wife was talking to me about these statements that I make about people coming to the door, so I'm gonna try to... Nah, forget it, I'm not changing. But anyway, people come, at, come to me at the door. And to this day, after hearing these messages... Come, you know what, I'll preach something in the message about being stupid. A lot of people need to be delivered from stupidity. Seriously. We've all got measures of it in our lives. A lot of us do. 
but it'll be an ex- a, a exact example of stupidity. And the person will come and do it at the door. After I've told them, this is stupid behavior, they'll come up and do it at the door with me. I just, what are you doing? It's the same thing here. People come up, I've been striving for this. I've been striving for this healing. I've been striving for this provision. And it's just not happening. And I just don't know why. And I'll be honest with you. I want to wring your neck. (laughs) Not because you haven't won, but because you should know the answer to that. The answer is because of your unbelief. And it like startles them. They're like, my unbelief. I'm like, you've been coming to this church for a decade. You know what it is. Here's the verses. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's not me being right. It's me being righteous through him. It's his word. Listen, I wish sometimes the Bible didn't say what it says. It'd be easier to preach it, and I'd have more friends. I was talking to my son, and I said, we were talking about a certain situation, and I said, well, what's gonna happen when the person hates me five years from now? Which likely is gonna be the case. Because when you deal with people's theology, it's like dealing with their kids or their money. You trample on anything that they consider to be correct, even though it's blatantly not correct, and there's no fruit that it's correct, therefore making it delusion, you trample on it, they're gone. That's how it is. So what do we do? The answer is unbelief. But what do we do about it? How do we get to the instant? So Jesus did all of these things instantly. And what does he say? Let's start in John chapter 14. I gave you guys these. John 14, 11 through 15. Starting, of course, in verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Everybody see that? I always like to point out little nuance. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Either just believe it or believe in me because of the works that I do. In the church, oftentimes, we don't have either. Nobody can even tell that you're a Christian because you are just as dark and depressed as everybody in the world. And then we can't fall back to Jesus' fallback position, which we should always be able to fall back to Jesus' fallback position because we're Christians. And we should emulate Jesus. So we should be able to say to people, you should be able to feel the authority in me. You should be able to see the authority in me. You should be able to sense the anointing of God in me. And if you don't, just look at what I do. See how quiet it just got? The reason why we can't is because nothing's happening. We amen it, but we don't do it. And the reason why we don't do it is because we never go in the process to get to the instant. The process is uncomfortable. It's not strolling screens. There's no ambient noise going on. It's you and God. A lot of the, that terrifies people in this room. Shut it all off. Alone with God. No device. Now I'm going to be harder core than normal. A lot of people say, you know, put on the worship music and get with God. I'm, listen, I love worship music. But, you know, how about just giving God a chance? Just you and him. You and the Holy Ghost. Alone in a room for hours. That's what you're designed to do. The reason why you're miserable 
is you take cocaine instead. What do you mean, Tom? Right here? Do you know, do you know that addiction to devices stimulates the same chemicals as heroin and cocaine addiction? Porn addiction, has the, the chemicals in the brain for a porn addiction are the same as somebody addicted to heroin. Stimulates the brain the same way. A lot of us, we can't live. I force myself to go walk around in silence. The happiest that I was, and this is gonna startle some of you, the happiest that I was in 2022 was the week after the hurricane. The 10 days after the hurricane. Whatever it was, 12 days we had with no power. And I was pretty miserable about the damage that was done to this building, damage that was done to my house. I'm glad I didn't know that insurance companies were all frauds, but didn't know that yet. I was waiting for my money. I'm like, hey, it's no problem. You know, the church, is, yeah, the church got $4 million worth of damage. Their appraiser said $4 million worth of damage three times over. We'll get our $4 million. Well, when they sent me one, I knew it was a problem. But I'm glad I didn't know that then. But over those 12 days, I had nothing. Some of you got cell signal back in different times or whatever, but out where I live, where there's not much of a cell signal to begin with, there was nothing. Nothing. No power, no cell signal. I, would, I was out working and cutting trees down and doing what everybody else in this room was doing, dragging branches all day long, 10, 12, 15 hours a day in silence. Wasn't listening to preaching, wasn't listening to music, just silence, me and the dog. That's it. And I was happier then than I am now. Because I said, I said to Aaron, I said, you know, I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm never going back. And you know what I did? You can say it all out. I went back. At first it was a little. See, I'm just a, I'm just a cocaine pimp. First it was a little. I'll just listen for a minute. Because I'm a Twitter addict. I was, okay, I just got to check, you know, for the podcast, for the podcast. Started that way, and the next thing I know, there's not a room that I'm walking into where there's not a device playing. And I was perfectly fine without it. It's called deception. It's called deception. Jesus said, so Jesus operated in the instant. In the instant. John, so if, if he operated in the instant, what does he tell us to do? John chapter 14, now verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I'm leaving, I'm going to the Father. Now we amen that, but never do greater works. Isn't that sort of borderline blasphemous? Amen! Which means what? What does amen mean? So be it. And then never do it. So we amen a thousand times, 10,000 times a year, and then never do it. Imagine if that was your relationship with somebody else. And they told you something every day. So be it. So be it. I'm going to pay you back tomorrow. I'm going to pay you back Thursday. I'm going to pay you back next Thursday. And they never did it. What would you think of them? I'm glad we have a gracious God. And that's the expectation is John chapter 14, verse 12. Greater works than these you will do. Because I'm leaving. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Because Jesus doesn't know. 
Angels don't know, only God knows, he left. And he, and he empowered his body with the power of the Holy Ghost. And we stand around and don't give it to anybody. Freely you have received, freely give. Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You wanna win the lost? Melt their tumors. You wanna win the lost? Become a millionaire, pay their mortgage off. That'll impress people. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I always use somebody's name. It's not you I'm talking to. So I have like Jim or Bob, they come up to me at the door. Hey, I'm Jim. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Just making the name up out of thin air. Nothing to do with you. If I want to point you out, then I'll point you out. <laughs> Somebody comes up to you in the neighborhood. Yeah, we're struggling financially. Well, you know, I'll pray over that. Suppose a brother or sister came to you in, in James chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. So bro, suppose a brother or sister comes to you in need and you say, I wish you well, be warm and well fed, but do nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Same way faith by itself is not accompanied by action, it's dead. And I'm not saying that you have to pay people's mortgages off, but you realize you're supposed to be wealthy. About 18 people total in this section, nobody over here, nobody over here, believes that you're supposed to be wealthy because you think that's antithetical to Christianity. It's not. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich, that you through his poverty might become rich, that you through his poverty might become rich. That's the Bible. You're gonna be judged by it. God's gonna tell you you should have been rich so you could have paid for all these people's procedures and mortgages and everything else. You should have been rich. You're shining city on a hill, not a slum dweller. But a lot of you believe that poor, that lack, is some sort of attribute. It is not an attribute. He became poor so that you could become rich, just like he became sin so you could become forgiven. Amen. Tom, you are paralleling those two things? Yes. Because the word of God did it. It's not me paralleling it. It's the word of God doing it. So think about the difference. Somebody comes up to you and says, and I've had the chance to do this in my life. We just have a real lack right now. And you just say, what's the lack? Well, you know, we gotta have $1,800 by tomorrow. And you just say, you know, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And you say, receive this. Don't even, don't even witness to him. Just say, receive this in Jesus' name. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. Because Jesus did things like that. And they followed him around from town to town, barefoot, rocking, walking on rocks. We gotta have air conditioning and the right music. And some of you, if it's not the right song, you don't worship. I get, I, last week, all my seat was taken. How dare they? <laughs> so I stood over here, and I, could, I just looked at everybody worship. I just watched. And, I, and today, I picked out a couple people that I knew, and I was like, I wonder if they worship. 
I won't tell you who you are, but I know you well. And I'm like, hey, good job worshiping. Proud of them. You know, I, I, I sit there, I watch to see how people are responding. And I don't remember what I was talking about when I came to that, but I can't remember. But where was I, what was I talking about? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Thank you. If we don't have everything exactly the way we like it, we're out. There, if you, if you just demonstrate power, people will come. Think about it. They will come. If you actually had somebody in a wheelchair or paralyzed by the hundreds and you were raising them up, you don't think they'd come? They'd come whether there's air conditioning, they'd come without me, they'd come without lights, they'd come with candles. But because we don't have that, we gotta have everything else in place. And listen, we're gonna keep everything. I'm not gonna get rid of all of our stuff, even if we had great power, which we will. I'm not getting rid of all of our stuff. I'm just telling you, that's not the way Jesus operated. And if it's not the way Jesus operated, then it's religion. And people are afraid to amen it. I get it. You gotta be deprogrammed. That's what I am. I'm like Christians Anonymous up here <laughs> trying to deprogram you and get you to believe the word of God. Because there's no hope if you don't go word. If you ask anything in my name, verse 14, I will do it. Next verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. So if we're gonna keep his commandments, then we gotta, that his commandments is process. His commandments is instant. So what's the process? I wrote some vocational things down here for you. At least part of the process. There's other things too. I won't get to it all today, but I'll get to this first part. Matthew 17, 21. This is after Jesus cast out the demon out of the epileptic boy. And he said to his, after he said to them, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long, will I stay how long will I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Do you have the disciples ask him, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And then he says in verse 21, Matthew 70, 21, how bait this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, what does that mean? That means process. It doesn't mean, well, you know, there's just certain demons that respond to fasting. And there's certain demons that don't. Demons don't care about your fasting. Get, that, get ready now. Either does God. What? Either does God. God does not respond to your fasting. He's already given you everything. How can he respond more? That would literally be like me coming up to you and hugging you. And just hugging you. Just put my, and you're saying, you know what? Can't you just be with me? I'm hugging you. <laughs> I can't be anymore. God does not respond to you fasting by going, oh my gosh, you know what? He's fasting, so we know we'll, we'll get that special fasting demon out of that guy. God barely responds to your prayers. What are you talking about, Tom? This is blasphemy. You already have it. Your prayers are just grabbing a hold of that which you already have. Again, let me give you the example. I want everybody to pretend you look around this room and you see this giant gray wall that has that line on it that drives me nuts. Everything that's not perfect in this room drives me nuts. You never know what's going on in my mind. I'm telling you. We're going to fix that. Don't worry. 
But pretend like we are under the ocean. We are on the ocean floor with thousands upon tens of thousands of pressurized gallons of water pushing against those walls. Do you need to make that water move or release it? Look, come on. Look at me, church. Come on. Do you need to make it move or release it? You ain't got to make it move. All you got to do is pop a little hole in that wall and that water will shoot from one wall to the other. You put an ice pick in there, it'll flood this room. That's prayer. That's all that prayer is, is releasing that which you already have. Romans 8, 32, he gave you all things. You already have it. Prayer is simply acquiring that which you already have. Fasting enables you to know what you already have by crucifying your flesh. Who's the greatest soul winner in the New Testament? Paul, what did he say? I am crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but he lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He crucified himself so that he could win souls. So he could say, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration. Demonstration of what? Of the Spirit's power. These weren't wise and persuasive words. Come on, please. How many of you would just please, please give Jesus a chance today? Did Jesus do that? Then why are you? You're like, Tom, you live that way? I, honestly, do you see me ever begging anybody? Come on. You, anybody know me in here? There's people in here who have known me since high school. People have known me for a long time. Listen, you ever see me begging people? Please stay at the church. No, I'm giving you what I can give you. You make your decision. That's up to you. You've been given all things. Just acquire them. And they're supposed to be instant, just like that water pouring out of that wall. Instant. You pop a hole, it's there. Matthew chapter 6, 6 through 8. The process. But you, when you pray, go into your room. See, I see a lot. Of, I see husbands and wives, they get scared of me in the service. They start putting their arms around each other like, what, what crap did we walk into here? It's okay. I'm not going to even do anything to you. It's all right. You ain't going to be married in heaven. Your wife ain't going to protect you in heaven, guys. Your wife's salvation isn't going to protect you. Your husband's salvation is not going to protect you. And you're like, why do you always say, wife, your husband, your husband's, your wife's salvation is not going to protect you? Because it usually is that way. It's usually the woman who got saved and not the guy. It is. It just goes that way. I don't know why. Men go to hell for what I've told you. Men, are, men go to hell for lust. Why women go to hell? I don't know. <laughs> Most of them are. Most men are. I don't know what the percentages are, but most, because narrow is the way and few find it. That's men and women. But it just seems when you go into the body of Christ, women seem to connect with God easier. Men, that ought not to be. I don't know what stops you. I look around the room sometimes, and men, and there's women too, they're so stoic, you know, during worship. We're singing, you brought me back to life. I looked around the room because I'm like crying. 
And listen, I don't get, I'm not emotional every time. I, I go into services and I feel nothing, just to set you free. So I went to Pentecostal services when I first got saved and it was like, if you, if you don't feel that fire, your wood's wet. <laughs> I don't feel no fire, I don't feel anything. I mean, so I'd go back to my, my dorm room at the time at UCF, I'm like, Am I, did I do something wrong? Is there sin? Am I sin in my life? Because I don't feel any fire and my wood's wet and I'm like, How's my, what do I do to dry out the wood? So I'm not talking about that you have to feel anything, but no matter what I feel, I worship. I, I've been in services here where I could barely stand from the power of God. I've been in services at the River Church where I could barely stand because of the power of God. Okay, and I love that, but it's not every service. I would say it's less often than it is often because I'm hard, I've got a heart of stone instead of a heart of flesh. The more pliable you are to God, the more you'll feel. Amen. But you're gonna have to go through the process. You have to go through the process. So I look back, and I'm, we're singing this, you brought me back to life. And like, no, I mean, I looked over, like 90% of the church wasn't, I mean, they were engaged, singing, I guess. They're just stoic, you know. I'm like, we're not at parade rest right now, guys. You, you're out. You've been out of the Marine Corps for 17 years. <laughs> at ease. <laughs> A lot of you aren't even in the military and you're standing at attention. Because <laughs> you, look, you look at God in a religious way. You look at God as, you know what, the cathedrals and bells and organs and... Uh, stained glass and priestly robes, all of which is nowhere in the Bible. Stoicism. Is, who, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? Those who approach him as a... Is this a when has a child ever stood like this in music? You really think when you see Jesus, you're going to do that? Ted Hutt! <laughs> you'll be as a child. When you see him face to face, you'll be like a child. Why don't you do it now? What's the difference? Holy Ghost is in the room. Spirit of Jesus is in the room. Holy Ghost is in you. Why is your hand, why is your hands not in the air? But when you pray, back to Matthew 6, 6 through 8. When you pray, go into your room. Don't bring your husband. Don't bring your wife. Don't bring the dog. Go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You ever do it? How often? If you don't do it every day, you're falling back, going backwards. Every day I pray alone. I will say the dog is with me. You don't want to be a hypocrite. Some of you drive through my neighborhood. It's weird. I end up seeing people that attend the church. Got some neighbors that attend, every, you know, attend the church and whatever else. But So I don't want to be a hypocrite. But he's usually so far away from me, I'm really alone. So he likes to do his own thing, as you well know. So every day I'm praying alone. I'm walking down the road just speaking in tongues. I pray everything, anything comes to my mind. I pray it, pray it, pray it, pray it. Be careful for nothing, but in what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. You know what I let be made known to God? All my requests. 
There's times where I'm like, God, I'm sorry I asked for so much. I know this entire prayer request, this entire prayer time is me asking you for stuff, but I'm gonna ask. I ask for stuff that would offend you. Not all of you, that would offend some of you. I ask for outlandish stuff, wealthy stuff, that would offend some of you. But I read the Bible. He became poverty so that I could operate in wealth. And I'm gonna disregard that. If you disregard that, then you might disregard that homosexuality is sin. That's how it starts. You, leaven, you add a little leaven, and the whole lump is gonna get leavened. That's why they're all wearing masks. That's why they're all pimping and whoring vaccines from their pulpits. Vaccines made by the Antichrist spirit. Pimped and whored from evangelical pulpits. Safe and effective. Idiots. You're like, Tom, you're mean. Am I? Nope. Mean by what standard? Again, my standard's the Bible. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Matthew 23, 15. I mean... I just called them idiots. Jesus calls them sons of hell. And you can be offended today. And you can be like, you know what? It just bothers me that Tom blames things on me. I didn't. Don't put it on me. Put it on Jesus. Because Jesus did it. I love it. That's what Norma used to always do. Norma and Tommy, you know, they're two years apart. So Norma's four. I mean, uh, Tommy's four, Norma's two. Norma's four, Tommy's six, whatever it is, and things would go wrong, and Norma would come to you. Tommy did it. Tommy did it. Tommy did it. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Tommy did it. Tommy did it. So now I just emulate Norma, and I go, Jesus did it. I didn't say it. He said it. And when you pray, verse 7, Matthew 6, verse 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. When you don't have power, you gotta start dropping Yeshua, almighty Yeshua. Get the matriarch of the family. I always wanna, that's just always a puke fest for me. <laughs> Bring the spiritual matriarch. I've seen so many of these people in Inglewood. Spiritual matriarch of the family. Matriarch. Her daughter's a drug addict. Her son's living with his girlfriend. And she's some sort of spiritual thrust. Because she prays eloquent prayers. Who cares? And they always, they always have to drop some sort of religious thing. Yeshua. And they start talking in, with THs. They never talk in, with THs at the end of any word ever. But when they pray. When, when thou seeketh thee. I can't even do it. I want to interrupt their prayers and go, what is this crap? <laughs> and also I want to say, get to the point. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the, as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse eight, therefore do not be like them, 
For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Pressurized water. He already knows. He already knows. Just acquire it. Process. Go to your room. Shut the door. Pray in the secret place. Every day of your life. Or you're going backwards. I'm so busy. What are you, what are you, tell me how busy you are. This can be canceled. That can be canceled. You know it's true. Most of the time we're not really busy. We have busy lives where we fill in the voids between the busyness with screen watching. Everywhere I go, and there's a measure of hypocrisy in this, I acknowledge it. But everywhere I go, I look around the room, I want to see how people interact. Anybody, people watcher in here but me? Police, if you've been in police work, you can't help it, honestly. People eat lunch with me, like, why are you always looking behind you? Why are you always looking? I look at everybody that walks in the room. Because I'm thinking, can they pull a gun out? But I will, and I watch people, and everywhere I go, it's so sad to me that nobody's interacting. Everybody's sitting there staring at a black screen. Everywhere. There's no, there's no conversation. I don't allow it when I go out. You're like, Tom, you don't, you don't control your wife. Yeah, I do. <gasps> I run the show. Doesn't mean I don't take her advice. Number one counselor in my life. Doesn't mean that we don't, on the whole come to agreement on things, because we do. And I seek her. I, if, if she doesn't want to do it, chances are I'm not going to do it, because she's usually right about things. But I don't allow it when we go out to eat. This hope never stops working. I have no problem stopping working. I'm an expert at being lazy. <laughs> expert. I am a connoisseur of laziness. Hope is not. She never stops working. So she'll be on her phone. I'm like, we're out to eat. Put that thing away. Now, I'm sure it's made her mad a couple times, but since the phones have been around for a decade, a decade and a half now, she's gotten used to it. I'm like, no, no phones. No, no sitting here typing and texting. I don't know texting people. It's just like if you're at a store and you're in line and they're answering phones over you. I'm in the store. I drove down here and people that are calling in get ahead of me in line. No, if I'm out to dinner with you, I'm out to dinner with you. I'm not gonna be sitting there across the table from me while, while, we, while, while the two of us look like idiots going like this the whole time. Look around restaurants when you're in there. There's couples in there paying for a $150 meal and they never say a word to each other. As a matter of fact, some of them text each other. They're not talking, they're actually texting each other. Back in the process. So do you do it? Do you go to your room? Pick one. Pick a room. If it's a closet and that's the only place you can get alone, there's your room. Every day without missing. And eventually the instant will come to you. Because you'll crucify so much unbelief. Because that's what fasting is. Fasting just gets the unbelief out of the way. It doesn't impress God. It just enables you to know God. Same thing with this, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study, not read. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. 
People, are, people will come up to me and they'll say, well, you know, it's just amazing how you can quote scriptures. How do you do that? And I say, it's because of my genius freaking intellect. No, I just simply say because I put the time in. There's stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of cards in my room. Tom, how do you do it? It's no mystery. It's hard work. How do you mow your yard? Sit there and go, man, I wish that thing was mowed. I'll come back and check tomorrow. You want to know the word? The greatest soul winner in the New Testament was? What was his relationship with the Torah? He had it memorized, the entire thing. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, memorized. Memorized. Can you imagine memorizing Numbers? Take the tassel, and it needs to be split. Oh, my. This type of wood. Can you imagine that? Leviticus and Numbers? Ooh, baby. Memorized to the letter. Funny how he could save, how he won the lost. And he won the loss by demonstrating power. Because right. all of the junk was replaced with the word. Right. You notice how whenever I'm espousing something, it's a Bible verse right behind it. It's a Bible verse right behind it. It's never, well, or I believe, or what I've learned. <laughs> Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As you go... Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is coming, will happen. Let's 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 get a circle of let's get a circle of Christians. No, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't get the matriarch and her Yahshua. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's why when I pray over people here, I don't go and do elaborate prayers. I lay hands on them and go, now, or whatever word I use. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, freely you have received, freely give. So if you're not healing the sick, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils, are you failing as a believer? Yes, yes. just acknowledge it. I told you I wasted 50 years. Better's one day. Psalm 8410, better is one day in this course. I'll take one day. But in order to even have the one day, you gotta acknowledge the failure. It's part of the process. How do you get over addiction? How do you get over it? You have to admit you're addicted. I'm struggling. That's the first step. Denial does nothing. If you sit here right now, I'm the greatest successful Christian in the world. Have you healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, cast out devils? It says, as you go, preach it and do it. You're like, well, I'm not like you, Tom. I don't have people standing in front of me. Pray that, you, pray that God will put people in front of you. If you ask anything in his name, instantly we'll give it to you. Well, I, you know, I live in a neighborhood and I'm like retired. and I don't, You know what? Ask God and watch the doors open. You have people come to your house and knock on your door for prayer. Watch. Do you want that, though? Or you rather not be an inconvenience because that could, that could interfere with scrolling time. (laughs) 
Later. Why is it 12.04? Wow. A couple more minutes. Everybody good? It's boot camp today. That's why a lot of people, they can't survive. They can't survive this church. They can't, just can't make it. They can't. They just want a kumbaya session. They want, it, they want to be enabled in their delusions. I will not do that. You preach the word instantly, in season, out of season, popular or not. Let the chips fall where they may. Tom, you can lose your church praying like this. I can't lose my church. My gifts and my calls are irrevocable. To close here, he'd open up another one. There's no, you cannot run. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Psalm 139.7. I can't go anywhere. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I've told you this. I've tried to quit a thousand times. I hated Christians. I hated people. I hated myself. I hated this church. God's like, no. I'm like, God, I just told you I hate your children. (laughs) Maybe they need a good dose of hate. I don't know. I mean, but you just do what God tells you to do. And you let the chips fall where they may. That that doesn't mean that bad things are going to happen to you. That means that whatever happens with other people. Why is it that we train in all, look at me now, all you professionals. I know there's, I, I can spot, I, you know what, I can basically spot the cops in the room. Even if I didn't know you, I could spot you. Cops can smell other cops. I can just look at you. I can see the looks on your faces. <laughs> Usually very stoic, very serious. That's how they've learned. They've been lied to their whole life by people. <laughs> I'm just looking around the room and I know the cops. You know, you don't think I'm looking at you. I know, I'm looking at you. I know who you are. I know, know where you are. So I just, all the professionals, I know, the, I know there's nurses in this room. I know who you are. <laughs> Laughing. So I want you to think of it this way. Whether it's doctors, lawyers, nurses, doctors, whatever you are, plumbers, electricians, even electrician. I'm going to use electrician. Think about an electrician who didn't train to be an electrician. Now you talk to any electrician in here. Our, is Bill, oh, there he is. Bill is a master electrician. That's one of our drummers. Master electrician. Have you been shocked a couple times? Yeah. Ever been knocked on the ground? Uh, not, by, not by electricity? But you've been hurt. Oh, yeah. You've been hurt, right. And, he's, and this is a master electrician, owned his own company, master electrician. Trained to do all of that, right? Why is it that we train in all other areas of life but godliness? <laughs> so I love, I love that you're here. Seriously, I love that you attend this church. I love that you attend this church. Why do, why, I mean, think about a nurse comes in the room and says, you know, really, I've had no medical training, but bend over. Of course, that's what the world did with Fauci. He has no training. They all bent over for him too. Why is it in all other areas of life, we train? I don't care what it is. I've told you, I worked at Taco Bell. I was a steamer at Taco Bell. There was a, 
we had, we had these tryouts at Taco Bell. I was a student at UCF, and I had to go to summer school. They made you go to summer school once, once during your four years at the school. You had to attend summer school at least once. So I was stuck there going to summer. I had no money. And I, when my buddy and I were too big, I was much larger then. I'm fat enough now, but I was large, and large then, like big, strong, large football player, 280 pounds. And my, my buddy and I was the outside linebacker. We went and had to get jobs at Taco Bell. We couldn't get hired anywhere else. <laughs> so we went in there to be hired at Taco Bell, and they had like tryouts. First of all, they gave us our uniforms, which our uniforms were way too small for us because we were giants. He's six foot three, I'm six foot two. They're made for people who are five seven and women. So I had like high water bobs, like, you know, up, up to here. And my vest that's supposed to go to here stopped like right here. So we're like, they're like maroon. We had to wear a little beanie. So we went into our Taco Bell. First, you have an orientation. We watched videos at Taco Bell in the back room, watching videos. And then we went to tryouts. I call them tryouts. They check to see whether you qualify as a steamer or a stuffer. <laughs> you were upper echelon if you made stuffer. Because a steamer, you had to open up the steam thing and got out, get all those tortillas out and stuff. You had to open up so every, every five seconds, steam. And you put like all the bean stuff on there and the stuffer, you know, gets the sprinkle stuff on there and whatever, you're the steamer. Well, my buddy beat me out and he became the stuffer and I, be, and I became, you know, the steamer. But we actually had to train to make burritos. And if you went to Taco Bell and you got nothing of what you ordered, it's because somebody's la lack of training and you'd be ticked. Well, why in Christianity do we not train? In every other area, if we didn't train and failed, we say it was a lack of training. If it was a professional job, when, you're, when you want to be, unless something has changed, you guys can correct me at the door at the sheriff's office, unless things have changed. When I became a cop, it was 16 weeks. This is after, this is after five months in the police academy. And then you had to get a job and be hired, pass all those qualifications. And then you got 16 weeks in a police car. Not counting, the, so it's 18 weeks total. Two weeks of report writing training. Imagine how fun that was. Two weeks to learn how to write the reports. Two weeks, eight hours a day, five days a week, learning how to write reports. So you had to train to become that. And in all other areas, if we fail for lack of training, we say it's lack of training. Or if we fail at a physical thing, we say, you know, what do we say? If you had to run from here to there and you couldn't do it because you're aghast, what would you say? What would be the verbiage you'd use? I'm out of shape. So why is it when we fail in Christianity, we say it's the will of God? We don't even acknowledge it as failure. Imagine that in law enforcement, you're supposed to arrest somebody and they get away. Well, that was the will of God, I guess. <laughs> You're supposed to protect someone, they don't do it. I, I hire Bill to get the lights on in my house. He doesn't do it, and Bill just goes, well, I know I'm a master electrician, but it must have been the will of God. <laughs> <laughs> or 
or we call it a mystery. In all other areas of life, we say it was lack of training or I failed, but in Christianity, we call it the will of God or a mystery. I'll finish with this, since it is 12-12. What it, that, that sort of attitude, that sort of belief system, well, it was just the will of God or it was a mystery, what is that? That's in Mark chapter 7, verse 13. I didn't give that to you guys either. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Listen to the rest of the verse because everybody, I, you know that's always my pet peeve, using half verses. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's missing the entire point of the verse. It's the same thing here. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered. And many such like things do ye. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. And you deliver a lot of your tradition. And many other traditions you do that are useless and make the word of God of none effect. You're welcome. It's time to train. I've just given you, we, we, have, just, we have just touched the surface of the process. Study and prayer can never be missed. Tom, that sounds awfully religious to me. I didn't say you're going to hell if you don't do it. You have a high probability of going to hell if you don't do it. Now, what do I mean by that? Worship team, you guys can kind of start to make your way. Just walk slowly and don't make a sound. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to show you this in closing. And something that I've said throughout the message, but I have a list here that I want to read to you, and I wouldn't want you to go without hearing all of my lists. How will you make it throughout the week? Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. And many such like things do you. Like putting on a mask and closing your churches. Like embracing homosexuality. Like embracing the trans movement. Tom, that's not happening. You're going to this church. You don't know the real world church. You don't know what's going on unless you pay attention. I pay attention. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. There will be a great falling away. We're in the beginnings of sorrows right now. That doesn't mean that you have ominous music playing. It means the opposite. Turn it up. Buy houses, have babies, get married. Live as a Christian. Not listen to, not have ominous music playing. But the reason why these compromises were made is because there was compromises long before these compromises. Amen. If you say, you know what, I'm not interested in the word, of, I'm not interested in the instant. You're making the word of God of no effect to your own traditions, which you deliver, and many such like things do ye. Like put on masks. Won't call abortion murder. Won't even preach about it. You even realize that, you know, I have like solid Solid audience on the podcast. I mean, solid. I mean, you got to be hardcore to watch what I say. Amen. Amen. Hardcore. All right? Because there's zero holds barred and I get banned all the time. 
But we have, it's a solid eye. We just got our first sponsor, Midas Gold, just sponsored us. So there's a solid, solid audience. And they're there, they're there, you know, every time. They're there every time. But even with them, the greatest audience in the world, I start talking about abortion, they cut off, they shut down. I saw, see the numbers start to drop. It's not conspiratorial enough. What compares? What compares to abortion? The UN numbers are 41.2 million abortions per year worldwide. That's without New York and California reporting. The number one and number two states in the United States for abortions. They don't report their numbers. Isn't it always strange how people obfuscate numbers all the time? How emails are redacted and nobody ever confronts anybody on it? But you want to talk about worldwide pandemics? Worldwide pandemic, 41.2 million a year, and it could be twice as many as that? Because that's a UN number. And they certain, that's the best they can give you. That's what they think they can get away with. They couldn't go any lower than that. So it's certainly much higher. But the church doesn't even talk about it outside of me, outside of Rodney, outside of Jonathan. Nobody talks about it. Arthur Pulaski, he'll, he'll talk about it. And once you stop talking about it, you're leavening the lump. No wonder you'll put a mask on at command of the Antichrist. Put a mask on. Tell me why. Because it'll stop a viral infection. No, it won't. Here's the numbers. 0.06 to 0.14 microns. That's the size of a COVID particle. N95 mask starts at 0.35 microns. So how's that going to stop? How's that going to stop a viral infection by me putting a scarf around my stupid face? But once you once you stop, once you remove logic or you remove the word out of the church, the leaven, the lump's getting leavened. The lockdown at command, they can't even see the skid greasing for the mark of the beast. Can't even see it. I challenge you today. I, I, even, I will give you this license. Not that you need my permission, but I'll give it to you, even if you don't need it. Go to another church next Sunday. See if they preach the Bible to you. See if they address what's going on in this world. You should be able to sense the percolation of the Antichrist spirit. They're not, that's all. Hey, you know what? We're, we're gonna play Home Alone we're doing a, a holiday at the movie. I'm not making this up. Jonathan Shuttlesworth posted it. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Christmas at the movies. Well, we're going to extract biblical meaning out of Home Alone 2. Which, by the way, I was watching on the elliptical this morning. I'm just, I like it, but I'm not going to play Home Alone 2. Seeing the Macaulay Culkin character there is symbolic of Jesus. In closing with this, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. I didn't give that to you guys either. It's all right, Will. It's not your fault. It's mine. All of that, do you realize that's actually glorifying in yourself when you just discount the Bible? You think so highly of yourself that you trump the Bible. I don't really believe in that unbelief stuff. Okay, so you're trumping the Bible. You're smarter than God. You ought to tell Yahweh today. Go home and tell him, Lord, if this is wrong, bolt me down. Lightning bolt right now. I think I'm smarter than you. If you discount any element of the Bible, that's what you're doing. I'm smarter than you. I don't think I should tithe. Tell God that today. Lord, under penalty of bolt. 
If I'm wrong, strike me down. It's answered in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, closing with this. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. The moment you think you know more than God, the whole lump is getting leavened. We don't know. It's all about the instant. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Simply asking to put your heart at ease. I'm asking these questions and nobody's looking but me. Sound booth, everybody's got their heads down. It's me, you, and God. Some people don't like this. Some people don't claim this is the way to do it. I don't care what anybody thinks. We may change it, we may not. I don't know what we'll do, but this is how we're doing it today, so just don't worry about it. Christians, you should be praying and not analyzing the altar call. Because there's people that will get saved in this room today, and that will be all that matters to you on the day of judgment. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've fallen away from God, Tom, I'm a Calvinist, I don't believe that you can fall away from God. Well, then explain to me how chapters in the Bible are entitled to great falling away. Well, they were never saved. Well, how will you fall away from that which you never had? Again, just simple logic. Don't discount the word of God. If you've fallen away from God, doesn't mean that you sinned twice on the way to church today. I'm talking about that you have made a decision to live in sin, whatever that sin is. You have to lie every day, having sex outside of marriage, lusting, whatever it is. Lying, cheating, stealing, I don't care. You've made a decision to live in that sin. Not that you're struggling with it, you've made a concession to it and you're living in it. That's a backslidden state and it's a hell-bound state. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment. That's it. So if that's you, I'm talking to you right now. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I've been where you're at. Next, next group of people, I've been where you're at too. Maybe you've never been saved. Or maybe people think you're saved, but you know you're not. Maybe mom thinks you're saved. Because whenever she's around, you stop cussing. But you know you're not. Or maybe you're not even trying to pull off any act. You just, you're not saved and you're ready to get right with God. Doesn't mean you're joining a church. This isn't a religious institution. This is the house of the Holy Ghost. If you're ready to get your life right with God, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's very simple to be born again. It's simply acknowledging your sin and receiving his forgiveness and turning from your sin. That's the whole thing. Those three things, that's it. Acknowledging sin, receiving his forgiveness and turning from it, that's it. So if you need to get your life right with God this morning or this afternoon now, right where you are at, I'm not gonna ever have you move from your seat. You're not gonna have to do anything. I'm gonna have you do two things. I'm gonna have you lift your hand. I'm gonna have you pray. And everyone's gonna pray with you so nobody even knows but me, you, and God. So right where you are at, if you need to get your life right with God, you need to be saved or recommitted this morning, this afternoon, now is your time. Right where you are at, if that's you, now listen, don't do it sheepishly. If that's you, right where you are at, boldly, stretch your hand into the air. Boldly. Come on, there you go. I got you. Got you. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Got you. You put them down. God bless you. Those of you who lifted your hands, the entire church is gonna pray this prayer out loud with you. You pray it, you mean it, and you're saved. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord. 
and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' name. Church shouts. Simple as that, right? Amen.